Morning. Only fours and horses. Does anybody remember only fours and horses? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I feel slightly like Uncle Albert. Do you remember Uncle Albert? During the war. So if I bang on about my pilgrimage in sort of six months' time, you can say, Matt, Uncle Albert, sort it out. <laughs> We've heard this before. Okay. Camino. John 14, verse 6 and 7. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In the message, it says, I am the road, the truth, and the life. The Camino, the way, the journey, was for me a pilgrimage where I wanted to put my God first. I wanted to seek him in a, in a different way, in a much closer way than before. There was a marriage between my physical desire to journey and my spiritual desire to journey. This marriage was a union pulled together by the gift from God that's open to all of us, the Holy Spirit. So why did I set out to walk the Camino? Why did I do it? I think because I was hungry to investigate something different, to move out of my comfort zone and to learn more about what it is to pursue a deeper relationship with God. So let's start with what the Camino actually is. Ollie, can I have the next? There you go. Thanks. So the Camino is a, is a route taken by thousands of pilgrims to a, a holy destination. And this slide shows us all the different Caminos that you can do. There's, there's loads of them. So the really well-known one is the, is the French one that starts uh, in France. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, losing <laughs> the question. So that, there's, a, there's a route across from, from France into Spain, into Santiago, which is up in the top corner there of Spain. And that's really well walked. There's, there's thousands. In fact, Dave, Dave cycled through that way, and you noticed that there were lots of people on the route walking that Camino. But me being me, I sort of did a, bit, a, a little bit of research into it, not a marvellous amount, and I thought, actually, I'm not sure that that's going to be the Camino for me, to, to, to be bound in with lots of other people. So I decided that I would do the Camino Portuguese, which starts right down in the bottom corner here, you can't really see the text, but it's at Lisbon, and then you walk up through Portugal and into Spain. And I wanted to walk that route because it's actually the most ancient of routes. And it's 420 miles, Lisbon to Santiago, and it's the supposed route taken by the Apostle James. And that passage, that pilgrimage, that route that James took was thought to be how the, the, the message of Christianity actually spread from Jerusalem across into the Iberian Peninsula and then spread into Europe. It's thought that the mission of the Apostle James was actually largely unproductive at the time that he, he took that route. And he came back from, um, from Santiago to Jerusalem, came back, and he was arrested by Herod and beheaded. 
and that's, that's documented in, in Acts. And it's believed that his remains were taken from Jerusalem and they went back to, by boat to Padron, that's on the coast, and then taken from Padron back to Santiago where they were laid to rest. And it's that sort of special relationship that makes Santiago the destination for pilgrims. So I want to get this bit straight right from the start. We could, I, could, I could bang on about the historical side of what that route is. Did St. James go there? I, you know, like it, it's, it, you, you would think that it did happen. Okay, there's, there's historical evidence to show that. But that's actually not what really drew me towards it. It was, it was nice, it was great to feel that I was walking in the footsteps of an apostle. And you sort of think, wow, you know, this is the route that St. James took. There was some, some, some positive to that. But what actually really grabbed me, what took my attention, was that I was making a journey that had a holy intent. Okay, I wanted to do it to, to centre myself in a particular type of holiness. So what got me interested? I watched that, I don't know whether anybody's seen the film called The Way. There you go. Thank you, Susan. So yeah, so it's a film with Martin Sheen and it's, it's about the Camino. And we saw that, you know, years back and I watched it and it was great, and, 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 and that was that. And it was at that time that I sort of thought, oh, I'd be, I didn't even realise that that's what, that's what that was about, that that was what a pilgrimage was, and, and all the rest of it. And then we're at a Holy Spirit Day with the Alpha Course over in Buckfast Abbey, and Dave came out of the, the bookshop there, do you remember? Came out with his copy, said, oh, no, I've just, I've just got this. It's great. And we had a look, and it was the way. Got me thinking. I don't know whether I'm not sure whether I borrowed it from you again or might have done, but I ended up seeing it again, and it really started to speak to me. That there was a, there was an excitement inside about taking a journey. So, last year, I made a fairly big decision to end my career as a as a veterinary surgeon, which is my main job, and to launch into something new. And without going into too much detail about that an opportunity arose uh, for me to be able to take a gap within my job that was finishing there and this new opportunity that came along. And actually, this, there was such shifting tidelines with what, you know, what timing was going to be, and I wanted to finish and then just start straight away, and something happened that I couldn't do that, and, and I thought, actually, there's a, there's a gap here of about a month and a half, and I'm going to pursue this journey because I felt that the Holy Spirit was leading me to do that, that I, I needed to make that decision. So I decided to walk the Camino Portuguese. Brilliant. So I bought my ticket to fly to Portugal, and it simply went from there. I had people, you know, uh, friends of mine or people here would say to me, all oh, right, you're doing the Camino, so uh, is that with a group? I sort of I said, no. And then, it is, it, you know, when somebody asks you something and you sort of think, should I be going with a group? <laughs> Have I made a massive mistake here? And then people say, so you're going alone? Yeah. And then I'd walk away and think, yeah, yeah, I am, actually. That's, that's maybe not such a comfortable place to be in. And I started to sort of really have to fully rely on God. I have to fully depend on him. Normally, I'm the type of person that actually doesn't particularly 
like to be on my own. I think I've shared before that, you know, if Liz and the kids go away for a weekend or something, I sort of think, oh, brilliant, you know, I'm on my own, pizzas, watch the telly. Within three hours, I'm bored. I've got nobody to speak to. I don't actually like, you know, that, that solitude. So how wrong I was, because although you could say when I was on my journey, I was on my own, the massive thing that hit me was that I wasn't alone at all, and it's the obvious that I can, everybody nodding, saying, you've got God with you. You know, that's the whole thing, isn't it? So, Lisbon, got there, 6.30, June the 15th, I set out from the centre of Lisbon to walk my 420 miles. And that was a journey that would change me forever. Within 30 minutes of starting, you sort of join, you start at this central place. And I had my, when I first arrived, you, get the, you have to go and get a Trudencial. Trudencial. This is your passport. So every day, wherever you stay, you have to get this stamped. So that's everywhere I stay. So you have to prove, when you get to Santiago, that you haven't just pitched up and said, oh yeah, oh, oh let me in, oh, 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 what a journey, man. You actually have to prove you've been there, okay? So that's, that's quite important that you have that with you. So I started my journey, and you come out of central Portugal, or central Lisbon, and you join the river and walk along. And I started, as I say, 6.30 in the morning, and this was a midweeker as well. I, th I think I started on a Thursday or Wednesday. And the streets were not littered so much, but there was a fair bit of carnage from the night before. I mean, I actually went past a couple of people that I thought, I, I should really check that they're okay, but then I don't really speak Portuguese. These were people on a night out. These weren't people just sleeping rough. These were people with nice stuff on, and they were just polaxed. I was thinking, this is... But for me, that spoke of the brokenness of this world. And I, 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 it made it more of a journey to, it, it, there was something quite spiritual about leaving that there and, and moving out into a beautiful creation. Within an hour or so, I was on the riverside and you're walking along creation. But it really logged in my mind that actually I was, I was leaving behind, and I think that's what you do when you come to Christ. You leave behind that brokenness, which was something that came back to me. Got the next slide. So this is what you follow. I don't know whether you can see that all that well. The, the, one, the arrow at the top, actually, I don't think is to do with the Camino, but the thing at the bottom, that, this is the first one that I came along, I came across. So all the time on your route, I had my little book. This one here. And it tells you each day, it gives you a, a little route that you're going to take, and it, it gives you some landmarks to to aim for, but ultimately, you're looking for things like this. The, the, the shell sign is the sign of the, of the Camino, and that's, you're looking out for those. So they, this one's a lovely one. This is, you know, this is by the council, but it's up there. It's been designed, it looks beautiful. These you see really commonly. These are the, these are the main, main ones, the, the yellow and the blue. And you'd be looking all the time, but you might not see one for, 20 minutes, so you'd be walking and you sort of think, have I gone the right way? <laughs> I haven't seen one of these arrows for a fair bit. <clears throat> and then you might just have somebody just put that on that previous one as well, on the top of some of these, or next to a sign like that, 
there'd be a pile of stones that people have left as prayer stones. So people would stop and pray at those, at those times, which is, which is great. So as I say, I walked about 20 miles a day, which is equivalent from walking from Totnes to Marsh Mills in Plymouth, which is a fair way. And I really should have done some training. That was the other thing. <laughs> I wasn't actually, dare I admit to it, I wasn't actually really fit enough. And to compound the problem, when I arrived in Portugal, they were experiencing a heat wave. Oh joy. I love a bit of heat. I love a bit of heat. It was 44 degrees, okay? That is, that is hot. <laughs> So there are a few observations on my journey that I, that's what I really wanted to share this morning because um, I think that's the important bit. But if anybody's interested in the actual walk, I'd happily speak to them about that. But um, this is what God, I feel, shared with me. Pace. So this is the lead up to my Camino was this. Finish, Matt, finish your 22 career, 22 year career as a veterinary surgeon on the Friday. Saturday, Totnes Christian Festival. Then get some bits together to fly out on Wednesday. Oh yeah, and get some training in. Training? Oh yeah, okay. And learn a bit of Portuguese. It didn't happen. Poor football. Life was pretty fast, okay? It was, I was speeding, speeding, speeding along. And change actually can be quite stressful. So I was feeling a little bit apprehensive about my change in, in what was happening in my own life. So, you know, I realised that it was the slowing of pace that really focused me in on God. When you're spending six to seven hours a day walking on your own, you get into a rhythm, really nice rhythm. And it becomes a sort of almost a metronomic pace. And I found myself able to focus on God in a completely different way. So think about this, okay? Think about a relationship that you might have with somebody. So it might be your spouse, might be a sibling, brother or sister, might be just a good mate, might be a work colleague. So just think about that, that relationship that you've got there. What would happen if you landed that relationship somewhere completely different. So for me, I was thinking, my wife, okay? So what if we were to land on a desert island with our, our relationship that we have here? I've got the feeling that as much as it would be quite interesting and it, you know, th that relationship's gonna be under different conditions. It's gonna be under different stresses and strains. It's gonna, it could go positively, but it could go negatively. And it's that change of environment that I experience with God within my own being. The, the difference is that the relationships that we have with each other, with spouses, with brothers, sisters, with friends, whatever, they're in the world. When you have a relationship with God, it's completely different. Because God's relationship with us is unconditional love. It's a relationship of total acceptance. It's a relationship that on God's part is steady and unchanging. Okay? 
So the way I see it is that that particular relationship can only move in a positive direction unless we mess it up. And therefore the adventure can continue in a different way. So my relationship with God was a, a certain relationship before my Camino, but I believe that relationship was changed. And I experienced different aspects of God that I'd been previously unexposed to through my own certain pace of life. Let me explain, I was, I was kind of unaware of the magnitude of how God can provide. I was unaware of the magnitude of how he can protect. And I hadn't really realised that I should centre my trust fully, fully, fully in God. So this notion of pace is two-way. For me, I had to slow down. For you, it might be that you're thinking, actually, you know what, I need to speed up. I need to experience a different pace with God. You just need to make a fundamental change. <clears throat> okay, trust. So each of the 23 days of my pilgrimage, I certainly learned a deeper trust. You know, before I left England, I was sitting in the car, and I can remember this clearly. I was driving up the street here, and I felt a little bead of sweat come, <laughs> come down my brow. And I thought, oh. That's quite warm today, that's funny, but under the window, it was 22 on the, on the, on the, uh, the temperature thing in the car. Oof. Little did I know that I was going to be in 44 degrees. It's the sort of heat, I was drinking four litres of water a day, which, which is a heck of a lot. And you would still, you know, you'd still need to take more on in the evening. So this was while I was drinking, you'd all, uh, while I was um, walking, you'd always have to make sure that you had a, that sort of volume with you. I was absolutely sweating buckets, putting it, no, no finer points on it. So most evenings, I would try and send a WhatsApp to home just to check in, just to say I'm okay and try and see what's going on at home. Um, and I'd been telling them how ridiculously hot it was and Liz sent me a, a scripture straight back that I got in the morning, and Sam's going to come and, come and share that scripture for us. But I, I pretty much read this every day from there on in, and it, it, really, um, it really helped me, and it's, yeah, it's a great bit of scripture. Thanks. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The Lord will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Thank you. That's for everybody here, those words. So this is my little book that I had with me. I'd, li I'd, just, you know, I'd have that in my pocket all the time, just be, keep flicking it out and just trying to see where I was actually going. And there's a little section for notes in here. And, I, and as I was preparing for this, I was reading through some of the notes. Um, this is 110, bar in Nova de Rimana. <laughs> And it says this, 
slightly concerned about where to sleep tonight as there is limited accommodation. I will slow my pace and trust in him. Also asking for my body to be repaired, feeling the heat and the pace, even stretching my legs as I sit here, I have to do very slowly. It was a bit of a nightmare because you would, you'd be walking from early morning and then if you sat down, this is for me, if I sat down, I then actually couldn't get up. My quads would sort of almost lock up and you'd, you'd sort of have to get yourself to and just wait for a second, try and, try and get them going again. So I'm sure I looked relatively weird. <laughs> Trust is a funny thing. I felt quite exposed on my journey. I'd never know exactly where I was going to have something to eat or where the next water opportunity would be. I'd never know quite where I would end up, which town I was going to be able to get to um, and where I might finish up and where I might sleep. The interesting thing is, though, as the Camino, as my journey went on, there's less notes about where am I going to stay, what am I going to do. It's much more about the joy of walking with the Lord, the joy of feeling closer to him. That was, that was what was exciting. So day three, I did have a, a mini incident, as it were, a, a map incident. Um, go for the next slide, actually, Ollie. Thanks. So this is a sort of beautiful landscape that you would be walking through. And there are a couple of things. This, I would have taken this picture pretty early in the morning because it doesn't look too hot to me. Does anybody know what those... those oh, you can't really see it all that well, actually. Anyway, I didn't realise Portugal grows a phenomenal amount of tomatoes. Those are tomato plants. And you would go, these were quite young ones, but they wouldn't particularly get up higher than that. And you, they were absolutely jam-packed with tomatoes. Just amazing to walk through that. But you can see, the, the reason I wanted to put this picture up was that you can see how exposed it is. And the, the route that I would have taken along there is, you, there's not much shade. You might, in the distance, you might think, oh, I think that's a tree coming up, and I might be able to get under there for a little bit. But you're, you're actually out, out in the open for quite a bit. So, I was walking along this particular stretch, and this was on day three, so I wasn't particularly acclimatised, I wouldn't have said, and I was following my route, and it says, in, it says in the notes, make sure that you take on water. The last water stop is at X, and then there's a, a walk of 16.2 kilometers until you get to the next one. So there's a big warning in here, make sure you take on water. So I was already sort of had a tiny bit of panic, not a little bit of panic in the back of my mind thinking, right, okay, Matt, you have got to sort this out. So I walked, the last marker is somewhere called Quinta da Bora. And I got past that and I thought, oh yeah, it says in here that the last water stop is, is about a kilometre on, that's fine. So I walked a kilometre, walked another kilometre. Where's this flipping place, you know? I couldn't get it. So I walked again, and I was, now I was actually starting to feel a bit dizzy. I had no water left, and I was thinking, I'm, something's, I've taken a wrong turn. So I made a decision to turn back, and I went back, and I actually did find Quinta de Bora. What a blessing that was. Go the next picture, actually, Ollie. I, 
I got back um, to here, and there's a, there's a tiny little bit of rope sticking out on the side there, and you pull the rope, and this massive, it wasn't even like a little ding-a-ling, it was a bong. <laughs> it was, it, it, yeah, it was beautiful. And then this lady came to the door. That is Paula, who I won't forget, because um, I ended up staying there. She takes pilgrims in, as a, it's almost like a business really, but she was just starting up. And she could, I think she could see that I was having a slight problem. She then told me that this is the only mistake. She said, what version have you got? And I, I said, I've got this one. Oh yeah, that's the one, that's got the mistake in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what a great mistake to make. The bit that it says, make sure you take water on. They had the, the water stop was beyond where Quinta de Bura was, and it's actually supposed to be the other way around. So make sure you take water on here before you get to there and go on. So what really struck me as I felt the joy of coming into this place was, was his provision. That struck me that the way that he always provides. This lady took me in and there was a, I mean, I can't, I wish I'd taken a photo of the inside, but there was a beautiful courtyard inside. She had dogs and cats running about all over the place. She takes in strays, and, uh, which I was one at that time. <laughs> um, and it was just beautiful. And she got me a seat and her husband was, got, she was probably in her early 60s, late 50s, something like that. Her husband was quite a lot older and he was sitting in a chair under a tree. And she, she got me a chair and said, come, come, come here, you know. And I, she left me with this chap. She went off. I can't speak Portuguese. He can't speak English. We just smiled at each other. What else do you do? <laughs> so we did that. And then Paula came back with this glass of freshly squeezed orange. And I, you just realise the provision, you know. It's at times like that, something really simple that you just think, thank you, Lord. It's ice cold. So sweet. Is just amazing. But I, I really did, and this that's my the next one is my bed for the night. I really can see that. These are little logs underneath the beds where were were sliced up bits of uh, eucalyptus. When it was really hot, I decided that I would um, I would have to start getting up really early to walk because it's the only way to miss the heat is to, to get up early. So I actually started uh, for a few of the days. I got up at four um, and then you can, you can finish around about midday-ish. So that's not, not too bad. So one particular time, thinking along the lines of trust, I was in a place called Tomar. Beautiful, really ancient uh, town. And I got up at Four, I was like, right, brilliant, I know how I'm going to get over this. Get up early. So I, I was up, you hand your kit, nobody at reception, you just drop your key in, and they said, if you're going early, can you lock the door behind you? So you have that moment of thinking, right, have I got everything? Have I definitely got everything? Have I really definitely, <laughs> certainly got everything? And then I shut the door, and I was like, okay, I think I've got everything. So I started walking, and I walked out of Tomar, and the bit that I hadn't worked out was that once you get out of the town, there's no street lights, 
you numpty. So suddenly, I was along the, the, village, the, the, along the riverside, coming out of there, with my rucksack on, going into a fairly narrow uh, pathway, and it is pitch black, absolutely pitch. So I have my iPhone out, <laughs> trying to get through these areas. And some of it goes really close to the river, and I was thinking, this is, this is it. I'm going to slip off of here, in the river, rucksack on, you know, what's going what's to happen there? So I, all I did was just sing. So I was, bless the Lord. And I would just, just sing and go through. And it... I don't know why I didn't trust. Why I didn't trust. Regardless to say, by the grace of God, I, I managed to get some good miles uh, done before the sun came up. Unity. That's the other thing he spoke to me about. Although when I was doing the Camino, in a funny sort of way, I was looking for solitude. I certainly did miss my wife. Miss my children. Your pastor. I'm a pastor. I was coming on to that. <laughs> You've seen <laughs> And I missed you lot. I missed the church family. That's what spoke to me. And, and look at that this morning. We're talking of unity. You know, to see that lovely hunger, John and Marlene. All those words of, of encouragement. You know, because of unity. That's what it is. It's, that, it's God that binds us all together that, that, is, that is the key to this. It really made me realise the importance of unity. You know, in the bars and the cafes, so most mornings I'd start quite early, as I said, and then I'd get to about 10 o'clock, stop for a coffee break, and you would get in there, and the, the cafes are very much a social hub so lots of there was lots of swapping of vegetables or uh, lots of chatter and it, it was marvelous you'd see people come in and almost everybody in there would, in my mind anyway they were sort of saying morning whoever you know alberto or in, in portuguese and there would be handshakes galore there would be kisses galore this was wonderful to see i was on my own okay so I would sit down, have my coffee, try and get up, stand, get to standing point, get my rucksack on, and then I'd just start to go, and one person would start it. They'd say, hey, bon camino, in their best Portuguese, and then somebody, oh, bon camino, bon camino. These were, these were such encouraging, they knew, nobody else, you know, in this, there weren't many people doing it on this room. But, you know, I'm not going to be doing anything else. They know what you're doing. It's quite a big thing when you go through their towns. They know that you're on the journey. And it was like heavenly encouragement to me. It was like God actually speaking to me. And he was wishing me a good journey. You know? That was, that was something quite, quite great. Unity. So, oh, I meant to say, I can't see that all that well, but just up on this eucalyptus tree, there's a tiny yellow arrow... And that's the sort of thing. So, you know, you can have these really nice ones, really nice and big, you can't miss it, almost fall over it. Or you can have a tiny thing like that. Some of them are painted on the floor onto big rocks or something. So you've got to really keep your eyes open. Unity, unity, unity. 
I was well into the Camino um, and about to cross the border between Portugal and Spain. And it was on a, happened to be on a Sunday. And I knew that Liz was leading worship. I'd read the newsletter so I could sort of see what was going on. And I actually knew that it was a communion service as well. Uh, so it was very church family and, and this building was very much in my mind um, as I walked. And you've got so much time to think, you know, I was, I was almost picturing myself here and all those sorts of things. So anyway, I was walking through this beautiful bit of forest and um, the, the, I, I started to come out of the forest area and then there was a bit of um, plains, I suppose, you know, a bit grassy. And then there was a road going straight through, just a you know, single, single track type thing. And just as I was getting this, it's a bit bizarre when you see something happen that's in a million miles. It feels like there's nothing there. And then as I was walking towards the road, I see a van start coming over the horizon, you know, quite a distance from me. And we actually, he's driving here, and we actually met. And I had to stop to let him go past. We just, the timing was such that we, we stopped at the same part. And this little van, he, he slowed down as he got to me on the road. And he, he did his window. I was thinking, he's not gonna ask me for directions or you know, anything like that. I'm gonna, what am I gonna say? So this arm just came out and it had a bag. And he, and he just went, hey. So I went over, it's like, morning. And I, I, he says, so I took the bag and then he just as he was doing the window up, Bon Camino and drove off, I was, what's that all about so I sort of stood there for a little bit <laughs> this is a bit weird And that, um, you, does anybody remember the preach uh, from Robin Tolbert about the, the picnic that came from the sky yeah. you know, that was the first thing that hit me, I was like whoa, what's this all about I'm coming on to that my darling <laughs> So I opened this bag and there was three little rolls in there. And I realised that this guy, when you, you notice that they, they have a bread delivery guy, like everywhere you go through, and I'd seen it already, and every morning they have these really thin plastic bags and they just stick it over the spike of your gate, go to the next one. So very early you'd see all these, you know, bread delivery. So I, I had these three rolls, I was like, that's amazing. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. So I walked for a tiny bit more. I walked for about another hour. And I tried to time it. I said, all this time, I was like churning up. Okay, I reckon they'll be, they're just a finished worship. You know, they'll have done the preach. And then they're going to take communion. That's it, right? So I had it all timed. And I sat underneath a tree and I took communion. I broke bread at the same time that I thought you lot would be breaking bread. Yeah, because that's all about unity. It's not only unity with each other, it's unity like this, with other people that you meet along the way. This was a whole load of youth that I met. They were absolutely brilliant. They were right laugh. They were in there, they were about 18, 19. Um, yeah, it's great. But that unity is between us, it's between others, and it's with the Lord. This was in Santarem, um, and I went into a really old um, church. This, this um, cross with Jesus 
was pretty much life size, and they, it wasn't up on a wall, it was, up, it was down here. And I stood there for ages, I couldn't, I just felt, it's, it's a different, I don't know, it's a different, it, it, it was a very special moment, but anyway. But that's unity, you know, that's who we're unified with. Truth. Okay, so I started this morning with John 14, verse 6. Okay, so I'm going to read John 14. We'll, we'll try and treat through it. So, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, you can almost feel he's getting, yeah. Jesus wouldn't get annoyed, I'm sure, but in this situation. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So this, this verse, this passage that was given to me by the Lord on the run-up to starting this pilgrimage is kind of, for me, is the, is the key part of it. This is what I kept coming back to, and it took quite a lot of my time. So I would maybe stop, um, you know, while I, was, while I was walking, I might stop to take water on, and I would read this passage out. I might stop for a coffee, and I would read it just in my head, um, but it was great to keep speaking this verse out, and it became a real comfort, a sense of strengthening of my spirit. I was really impacted, though, that, that Jesus almost... Um, was there a slight bit of impatience? Was he starting to get slightly annoyed with the apostles? Or not? You know, I couldn't quite work it out. Last week, Aid taught around Jesus being our king, and this king, the author of our salvation, is acting as a trailblazer. Okay, he's, he's setting the, for me, I kept thinking, he's setting these yellow arrows for me to keep following. He's setting the way so that we may have a hope and that we may have an eternal future. But he's going ahead on the journey, on the road. With Jesus as the son of the father, he has his traits. He has the traits of God. He is God. It's almost as if he's saying to, to the disciples, look at me, watch me, speak like me, strive for what I strive for, think the same way I do, seek my heart. It's the truth. 
you can become part of the Father's family. And the way to do that is through Jesus. It's verse 11 that cuts through it for me. And it just makes it simple. I love simplicity, okay? I'm not that massively great on the whole, uh, you know, I suppose it's the theology. I just like simplicity. We could spend, a, I'm sure somebody could spend a long time debating the theological side of things and making all sorts of cases this way and that way. That might be fine, but this is for me, and, and, and I pray to God that it would be the same for some people here. It's the sudden simplicity that removed a need for questioning, okay? Just for the sake of questioning. There was a weight lifted with the words, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. It's not the sort of cop-out thing. You know, like kids sometimes might say, oh, why is it raining? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's raining. You know, it's like something to do with, I think it's something to do with the clouds. It's clouds and moisture and humidity, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, but why? Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not, it's, rain, it's just raining. Um, yeah, but why? Look. It's raining, okay? That's just. But you see, in this section, I don't think God's being in He's not just chucking out a believe to just say believe. He's actually making it easy for us, okay? He's, he's making life less complicated. He's actually saying, just believe, okay? That weight, that burden has just come off. Just believe. When Jesus speaks of being in the Father and the Father being in him, this started to sort of cause me some uh, difficulty. Is he actually inside? Is he inside the Father? For me, I rested on the image that it's actually talking of union. Okay? So I've asked Eric to come and help me with this. Eric, my brother, come and help me. So Eric is God, okay? <laughs> for, the, for the simple part of this illustration, and I've given myself the role of Jesus, okay? So, but this is, this is imagery, okay? So we are in union. Can you see that? We're together. We are in union. Tristan, would you like to just, could you stand for me? I'm God. <laughs> okay. So Tristan sees God and Jesus as one, as one flesh, and we're welcoming you. So you could come to us. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. stay there. <laughs> this is the first doubt, you see, that we're seeing. So Tristan, and Tristan is just, uh, he's, a, he's helping with this visual aid. I don't, he's thinking to himself, I don't really know what they meant by the way. Hmm. I'll leave it there. Come on a bit more. Oh. Now Tristan's now thinking, but I haven't seen the father. This is another blocker for me. I, I, no, no, no. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get it. But then you see, when... Tristan puts all those blockers that were there out the way. 
And there's the simplicity of just believe, just come to the Father. It's loads more easy. We haven't got this barrier of, I don't know, I haven't seen. So that's how I started to see it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That's how I started to see it, yeah? That simplicity is part of the key to, to no, knowing how to deal with this situation. Okay, I met, we're almost there. So I met some other pilgrims along the way and the conversation would always come round to the same thing. So, why are you doing the Camino? It was a sort of bog standard question. And there were all sorts of reasons. People would be doing it. Some people say, oh, well, I really like walking. That's a pretty sensible answer. Uh, or I wanted to experience something different. Some people might say, I like the peace. Usually move on quite quickly if somebody says that. <laughs> Some other people might say, I'm on a spiritual journey. They're seeking. But I started to become quite aware that not a lot of people were actually saying, I'm doing this for God reasons. I'm doing this because God's spoken to me. I'm doing this to seek God in a different way. And it seemed to me to be a bit ironic, a bit weird. We're walking on a massive pilgrimage route to a huge cathedral in Santiago. Saint Iago, Saint Iago, Saint James. That's what Santiago means. I've actually named the whole flipping place after him. It's so, you know, like we're going past, there's crucifixes, there's crosses galore, there's more churches than you can shake a stick at. And somebody's saying to me, I'm doing this because I like walking. I just, for me, I had to rein it in. I just didn't get it, you know. But it was great to speak to people. I learned that it was much better to get the question in first to ask them what they were doing. And then there'd be a, they'd let me know, and then there'd be a slight pause. So why are you doing the pilgrimage? Why are you doing the Camino? And it was a great opportunity to share my faith in Jesus, to share my belief in the way, the truth, and the life, to speak of a desire to follow Jesus in union with God. That was great. You know, I learned from my Camino that, that this is the Camino. Today is the Camino. You're coming to church today is a Camino. Our everything is the journey. Each morning is the starting place to start the next part of your journey with God. You don't have to have a plan for a great long pilgrimage. It's great to do it. Uh, the physical pilgrimage is fantastic. But you don't have to do that. It's not... It, you can just do this on a Monday morning. Doing life is the journey. Day-to-day -day life can be your pilgrimage. Make life your journey of holy intent. So I just we can just have the next one up. So those are the things I was going to, if it's okay, ask the band to come up. Um, and I would love us to just maybe have a look at those pace, trust, unity and truth and just um, maybe consider 
where, which of those speaks to you, or all of them might speak to you in a certain way. And then if we look at the next one, where are you here? Now you might, you might be bang in the middle of that road and you might be full of the joys. You might have strayed off into the, the scrub. You might be in the scrub to start with. You might even not realise there's a road there to be taken. I don't know where you are, but you know where you are. So I would suggest that we're going to, I think we'll, is it alright to stand? Um, can I have the next slide up as well, please? And I'll just hand over to the band, but I would, I'd just, just focus on that. Make life your journey of holy intent.